thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. From the top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you've joined us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been taking some time to minister about the mind and what the Word says about it and how Jesus authored a sound mind for us. Aren't you thankful for a sound mind? And it's not enough that He authored it for us. We have to know that that's what He authored because that's how you cooperate with it. You have to know what belongs to you. So we're, we're grateful for what the Holy Ghost has for us in these, in these episodes. And so we invite you, get your Bible, get your pen and paper and follow along with us. Become a student because as we feed on the Word, we better learn how to be doers of the Word. And it's the doer that's blessed, not just the hearer. It's a blessing to hear, but the blessing lives with the doing of it. And so we want to just be better doers of the word. Amen. Uh, we've been using as our golden text for these, for these teachings, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And so we'll start again reading there today. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And I'm going to read out of the King James translation. Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Listen, if God hasn't given it to us, we got no business with it. The Bible tells us we are of the household of faith. So that's what we have business with, the things that are of our household. And it's a household of faith. It's not a household of fear that we're a part of. So we have no business being found with something that doesn't belong to our household. And, uh, you know, if I were to drive down the, the road on my block, there are other households there on that street, but I don't belong there. I just keep passing them by. And I want you to know there are all kinds of thoughts that the, that the enemy will make available to you. They don't belong to you. Keep passing them by. Amen. So uh, the word says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. But what he has given us is he's given us power. But he's in that word power is also authority. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. What? Authority to deal with the fear that tries to come. So he has given us power. He's given us love. So notice that love is a weapon against that fear. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. Love will deal with fear. And then it says also he's given us a sound mind. He's given it to us. It belongs to us. Mm -hmm. Listen, you don't have to earn a sound mind, but you do have to cooperate with the flow of a sound mind. And uh, the Amplified says about a sound mind, it says it's a calm mind. 
It's a well-balanced mind. It's a a disciplined mind. It's a controlled mind. So you don't just float into the fullness of a sound mind. You have to discipline yourself, discipline the thought life. And some people have never even really heard about disciplining their thought life. You know, kids can have some vivid imaginations and parents can sit and listen to the stories. I remember I was listening to my grandson and he was telling me some wild imagination. And I said, baby, you need to get hold of your thought life. I mean, that thing is just going in all kinds of directions of imagination. Well, that's fine if, there's not, if it's not harmful. But when they take their imagination and become frightened at their own imaginations, at their own imaginings, right? Well, the thing is, is that for us to have a disciplined mind, we have to do something with our thought life. That means we have to pay attention to what we allow ourselves to think on. So because God authored for us a sound mind, I tell you, what's a sound mind? It's a mind that thinks right. It's a disciplined mind. It's a, it's a mind that has a flow of peace. It doesn't just every once in a while has, have peaceful thoughts. It is a flow of ongoing peace is a sound mind. Yes, there's all kinds of things that will come to try to get us out of that flow, but we resist that. We don't yield to that. And so to to live in a sound mind, we have to be interested enough in us walking that way and having a sound mind. Some people, um, they're just, uh, they're not giving attention to it because their interest in it is too low. Get interested. I'm interested in a peaceful mind. I'm interested in a worry-free mind. I'm interested in a fear-free mind, a mind that doesn't have panic and anxiety dogging it and dominating it. And so when we're interested in what God has made ours, that means we cooperate with what God has made ours. How do we know how to cooperate? Well, we have to give ourselves time in the Word to know what He's made ours, find out what He's made ours, and then we give ourselves to it. Amen. We're all in into what He says belongs to us. And if it's not what He says belongs to us, we don't participate in it. Amen. Uh, A sound mind belongs to us. That's what He's given us. But we have to become skillful in the flow of a sound mind. We have to recognize what will draw us out of, uh, out of soundness. We have to recognize what will enforce soundness in our thought life. And so we have to become skillful. You know, no matter what your profession is, you didn't get good at it until you became skillful at it. And uh, the word belongs to us, but we must become skillful with that word. Amen. The word tells us, that um, there's a one passage where the master had left the steward, his servant in charge. And when he came back to give reckoning of, give account of how you handled what I left in your charge. And when they had handled it right, he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Look at this. We, we want to hear when we get to heaven, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Whenever we hear this phrase, so much of the time people focus on the word faithful. And my goodness, that's important. And people will say, well, I just want to be faithful. I just want to be faithful. Well, that's good. You should want to be faithful, but that's not all that's stated. And that's not even the first thing stated in that passage. It says, well done, thou good. He's not just talking about behavior. And that certainly includes we should be good 
in our behavior, right? How many times did you get out of the car and your mama say, be good? <laughs> you know, drop you off at school, be good today. My mother, her word was be sweet. But how many times uh, we're reminded of that because it's important. But in this passage, he's talking about, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well, what's a servant do? He's got responsibilities. Mm-hmm. If you're an employee somewhere and you're not good at your job, you won't be promoted. Mm-hmm. You have to be good at it. Well, what's mm-hmm. it mean in that context to be good at your job? It means be skillful. Mm-hmm. Be skillful. So we could read it this way, well done, thou skillful and faithful servant. Because if we're faithful, but we're not skillful, many times you can have employee that's faithful, but they're not skillful. They're faithful to show up and do the job wrong. (laughs) Who needs that kind of employee? Well, they're faithful. Yeah, but they're faithfully breaking everything, losing everything, holding the department back because they're not good at their job. So yes, be faithful, but well done thou skillful and then be faithful at your skill. Amen. So well done thou good or skillful and faithful servant. And so you don't get skillful at anything without practicing it. You have to practice what you're doing with your thought life. You have to practice casting down imaginations. You have to practice bringing every thought into captivity. You're not good at it until you practice it. And I tell you what, when somebody has let their mind run loose without any barriers, without any safeguards, and then they begin getting the word in and they start implementing that word, I tell you what, the enemy doesn't like being fenced out (laughs) when we're in a place where he's used to had access. And so, uh, He'll, he'll launch other kinds of opposition. Just keep practicing the word when it comes to your thought life. Amen. Yes. Well, how do we become skillful at something? You have to give time to it. You have to give time to the word. You have to give time to feeding it and not just reading the word, meditating the word, driving that word into your spirit. Amen. Until we meditate on the word, it won't even seem real to us. There are people that say, uh, well, I know God, God's word says this, but it doesn't seem real to me. I know he says that by his stripes I'm healed, but it doesn't seem real to me. I know he said he'll supply all my needs, but it doesn't seem real to me. Well, how do you make it real to you? You meditate on it. You give time to it. And uh, meditating on the word is how you put the word in you and how you put you in the word. And you know something? You can't spend something till it's yours, <laughs> right? You have to take time. It, the word belongs to you, but you have to build it into you. Remember what James said? He said, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. He was telling Christians. He was writing to Christians. He says, your souls aren't saved. What's he talking about? Your mind, your will, and your emotions is not in line with the word. So what was, the, what was his instruction to them? Receive with meekness, be teachable, be willing to be led, be willing to be taught, be willing to be corrected. Receive with meekness because it's only meekness that will receive. People who, who think they know it all, they don't receive very well. So when you're teachable, you're, 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 in, a, you're in a receiver's position. Receive with meekness, look at this, the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Mm -hmm. So the word has to be engrafted. 
the neglected word won't save your soul. The avoided word won't save your soul. Uh, it's the engrafted word, one that you make part of you. How do you make part of you? You meditate on it. You think about it. You speak it to yourself. You, you speak it over your own life. You speak it into your own spirit. And then not only that, you're a doer of it. You're a doer of it. That's how you become a partaker of that. You become a doer of it. You give time to it. Why do we give time to the Word? Because we're interested in laying hold and experiencing all He made ours. Now, uh, we give time to the Word not to earn something from God. You note this, we're not trying to earn our victory. He's already made us victorious. We're not trying to earn our healing. We're not trying to earn our prosperity. But by feeding on the word, we find out what he's already made ours. And we become more skillful as we take in that word and become a doer of it with what he already made ours. I like, to, I like to demonstrate it this way. I, I travel quite a lot, and uh, sometimes I might go to a historical, a more historical area, and pastors will say to me, would you like to drive around or do any sightseeing in our area? And if, I, if, if a pastor were to offer me that, and I come down and I meet them outside the hotel, and I say, I've got 20 minutes to go sightseeing. Well, those sites are there. They're available to me. But if I only have 20 minutes, I can go 10 minutes in one direction and 10 minutes back. And that's all I'll see is what I can see in 10 minutes. But if I say to them, I've got six hours today. I didn't earn anything. I gave more time to what was already available to see. So I get in the car with them. I drive three hours one way, drive three hours back. I'm going to see more. I didn't earn it with my time. I was available to what was already there with my time. And so it's the same thing with the Word. We feed on it not because we're earning something from God, but as we feed on it, we see what we see with greater clarity, with greater knowledge what He's already made ours so that we can become skillful in it. Amen. Amen. Be interested enough to know what he's made yours that you become skillful with it and you have to give time. You have to give time to find out what he's made yours so that you become skillful with it. Amen. Amen. Too many times when, you, when you're faced with a serious situation, and I, I'll tell you this, when you're faced with a life and death situation, that's no joke. Yeah. I mean, that's no time to be playing around. And um, I remember... The, the testimony that Brother Hagen gave. He was our spiritual father for so many decades. He was raised up off of his deathbed, but he was confined to a deathbed for 16 months. He couldn't get up. He couldn't walk around. He was in the bed 24 hours a day for 16 long months. How much time he had on that bed. And uh, some people around him, when he got born again on his deathbed, the first day he was confined to his deathbed, he got born again. After that, he said, bring me the Bible. Why? Because when you get, bo get born again, there's a hunger in you, mm -hmm. yeah. right, to know God. And you can't know him apart from the Word. Mm -hmm. So he said, bring me the Bible. And he began feeding and reading on the Bible. Well, family members saw this, and they didn't understand his all-out 
effort toward the word. And they, uh, they, they expressed to one of his doctors, they said, we're concerned that he's going too far in this Bible stuff. <laughs> Listen, death was take, had taken him down to death's door. Sickness and disease had taken him down to death's door. And they're afraid he's going to go too far. <laughs> he's already been far in the wrong direction. And so, uh, you know, when something is working against you aggress- aggressively, you can't be passive. Right. And, and he certainly wasn't. He gave an all-out effort to the Word, putting his attention on the Word, feeding on the Word. So uh, his family, those around him were concerned he was going too far with the Bible. So they expressed that to, um, to one of his doctors. And his doctor came in one day and said to him, and he said, Hey, son, he said, well, while you're here on your bed, you're on here 24 hours a day, what do you do? He said, Well, I read my Bible. I pray. Spend time with God. And he said... Well, do you ever read the funny papers? <laughs> and he said, no, I don't read the funny papers. He said, well, why don't you read the funny papers? He said, I don't have time. What's he saying? My time is for what matters. When he needed to get the light of the word in him, and it's not about God doing something for him. It's about him becoming knowledgeable and skillful with what God had already done for him. And he didn't have time to... Uh, play with the unimportant Mm -hmm. when he was in a life and death situation. So I want you to realize we have to sometimes stir ourselves up for the greatness of what God has made ours, the greatness of the plan that he has for our life, the greatness of the inheritance so that we cooperate with that greatness and we move. We're interested enough to find out that the unimportant loses sway. It's not... It's not saying that you can't have any other interest other than reading the Bible. That's not it at all. But I tell you what, the word has to be first. God and his word must be first. And what his inheritance is in your life must be first. And if you're not careful, we'll let that slip down to second, third, fourth, and even last position. Because we're so busy doing other things. You have to stir yourself up to stay interested in what really matters. Because don't wait for a crisis before you become interested in your answer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And we have to be stirred up so that we lay hold and hold fast to what's ours. Listen, when someone has been entrenched in the wrong direction mentally, you have to be interested in uh, laying hold of that word that renews the mind. You have to be interested in having your life transformed by renewing the mind. You won't just float into help. You have to on purpose arrive. I said this, I believe, on the previous episode. Everything you're okay with, God will let you have. But if you ever decide, I'm not okay with a worried mind anymore. I'm not okay with a harassed, troubled, depressed, tormented mind anymore. God's power will back you up. Amen. 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 But we have to be interested enough in our help to cooperate with our victory that God made ours. And when someone gets mentally entrenched in worry and fear and depression, and they seem beyond helping themselves, sometimes someone can minister to you. Absolutely. That's appropriate. And that's right. But I, and we're grateful for that, but lasting help comes with your skill with the word. Amen. 
any help that you receive through someone ministering to you, through the laying on of hands, mm -hmm. or someone else praying for you, is always temporary help. Lasting help is when you become skillful with the Word. Amen. Now, temporary help sometimes can last a couple years. But at the end of that, we have to know the Word for ourselves. We have to be skillful with, our, with the Word ourselves. Amen. Amen. That's why the enemy works against our mind because he wants us to be troubled in our minds so that we don't, we don't experience the sound mind that, that belongs to us in Christ. God has given us a sound mind because that's what he works through. Amen. The enemy suggests and offers you wrong thoughts, troubling thoughts, fearful thoughts, panicked thoughts, because that's what he works through. But just because he offers it, you don't have to take it. It's up to you what you accept. How do you keep from taking wrong thoughts? You answer them when they come. Say, that's not my thought. I will not take that. And you refuse to turn that thought over in your mind. You answer it with the word and you praise God. You tell that, you tell that, that spirit of fear that spoke it to leave. Amen. You answer that thought with the word. You tell that spirit of fear that spoke it to leave. And then you praise God to keep your mind from touching into what the devil suggested to your mind. Amen. Uh, listen, many people need miracles. Many people need miracles. They're not hard for God. <laughs> They're hard for man. They're impossible to man, but not for God. And many times when you need a miracle, the devil will try to give you the wrong thought of this is hard. No, it's not hard. Not hard for God. Because a miracle, we're not talking about us. We're talking about God. When you talk about miracles, you talk about God. Amen. And so we have to learn to think like God, take on his knowledge so that we don't call hard what is easy with God. Amen. For you to have a sound mind is not hard. Amen. You have to think like God, take in his thoughts, and it will turn your mind in a right direction. Amen. Hallelujah. But we have to come into agreement with his word. As we feed on the word, we, we come into agreement with his word as our minds are renewed. We don't argue against the word. People have been in fear and torment and harassment because they agreed with it. You say, no, I didn't agree with it. Turning it over in your mind is giving it entrance. A, uh, a woman came up one time to a minister and said, I wish you'd tell, he had been preaching on healing in the service. She said, I wish you'd tell me something. Why won't God heal me? And she was angry about it. You know, <laughs> she was upset because she thought God had failed her. And he said, sister, God's already done everything he's going to do about healing you. Well, that just, <laughs> why? What does he mean by that? He said, he's already sent Jesus. There's nothing more he can do. There's nothing more he can send. He's already sent Jesus to bear your sickness. He's already given you power. And then he said this, when are you going to start agreeing with God? You see, that's what a sound mind does. It agrees with God. And because her mind wasn't sound. See, not, unsoundness doesn't mean somebody who's in a padded room. 
Unsoundness means someone who doesn't think like God. They think in opposition to God. And so when we think like God, because this woman wasn't thinking like God, she wasn't experiencing healing. But when she, this minister showed her, it's because you haven't agreed with God in your thought life. You haven't even agreed. And that lack of agreement is robbing you of your health. You see, so many times people are waiting for God to do something and he's waiting for us to be interested enough in what he has made ours so that we renew our minds with the word of God and we come into agreement so that that miracle can be received. See, uh, an unrenewed mind will argue and reason why something can't happen and why something can't come to pass. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when we come into agreement with God, it doesn't take long for the power of God, miracle power to work. But the thing is us coming into agreement with God in our thought life and in our hearts, amen, of what we believe. And I love what Jesus said. He said, the father in me does the work. Listen, you're not the one that's going to perform the miracle. You're not the one that's going to cause healing or provision to come to pass. Your job is to believe. My job is to believe. It's God's job to do the work of it. Amen. Amen. We do the work of believing and God does the work of power. Amen. 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 Uh, So the work we must do is feed on the word. The word we, the work we must do is renew our minds. The work we must do is act on the word so that our minds begin to think like him. Amen. Amen. Um, The disciples that traveled with Jesus recognized something. They said, what must we do that we might work the works of God? Now notice They had been traveling with Jesus. They saw the lepers cleansed. They saw the blind receive their sight. They saw crippled people walking. They saw all kinds of people set free and healed. They saw that. And it stirred a desire in them for to be a vessel that God could use. So they asked a question, what must we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus' answer to them was, This is the work of God that you believe. Notice, believing is our work. The doing is his work. Amen. He'll he'll make it come to pass. I said he'll make it come to pass. So a sound mind is one that believes the word. A sound mind will agree with the faith that's in their heart. They come into agreement with the word. Amen. They come into agreement with the word. And notice they said, what must we do that we might do the work of God? Believing is a work. I mean, it's a work to cast down thoughts. It's a work to cast down wrong thinking. But I tell you, it's a joyful work and it's a work that brings us into the best life. We've been teaching out of the book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. We want you to get hold of it. Go to DufresneMinistries.org and we can send it to you. But until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Fredonia, New York at Family Church Fredonia, August 14th through the 18th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org.
If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DeframeMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.